And good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Genser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I am your host, Zach Yenser. It is Wednesday morning, and it's a good show ahead. Thanks for joining us every morning, drive time, 9 to 10 here on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice. Uh, Let me tell you what we're up to today, and then we'll jump right in. To close out the show, Supervisor Steve Christie, Pima County Supervisor Steve Christie, will be on with us to talk about a variety of topics. Uh, He comes on on a regular basis to share his uh, point of view Uh, as the only Republican representative on uh, combined between the Tucson City Council and the Pima County Board of Supervisors. We have everybody on, uh, on a fairly regular basis, uh, but uh, we want to make sure that we hear Supervisor Steve Christie's uh, view uh, as a uh, minority, minority view uh, for sure here in Pima County and various municipalities. So always look forward to that. That's always a good time. Uh, we are back in studio, though, to kick off uh, with Pastor Jeff Logston. Pastor Jeff Logston, our faith and culture contributor, uh, is uh, bringing a special guest to us the next few weeks to talk about uh, trauma in the wake of COVID. And uh, there's a variety of ways that that manifests in the community. It's a big deal. It's real. And we're going to talk about it and cover it and, of course, talk about how uh, the faith community is a piece of uh, repairing and resolving trauma in the wake of COVID from the last couple of years. So that's our show today. And without further ado, Pastor Jeff, good to be back with you again. We took a bit of a break. I missed you. I missed you. It's been a great <laughs> break, and it's always good to be back. And I'm really excited to be able to welcome Dr. Demond Holt and just feel like what he has to share with our listeners today is uh, not only timely, but just a rich conversation on some things that we might think we know a little bit about, but not nearly uh, to the extent that we will we will hear over these next few weeks. I love it. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for bringing this conversation to us. I know we have a lot of parents um, who have struggled listening, who have struggled through through school, Mm -hmm. are wondering uh, the effect on kids. Uh, We know workers have taken it on the chin. I think we know these things intuitively, but I'm looking forward to hearing from someone whose business is to talk about, to discuss, to manage, to resolve uh, trauma at large, but trauma from COVID in our community. Yeah, and I don't know that DeMond's going to beat his own drum. I would expect he wouldn't, but DeMond does speak on a national scale, and uh, his his doctoral work is on the subject, has just um, yeah. uh, contributed so much to my life and many others in the faith community. I appreciate it. Should we jump in? Please. With that, uh, Pastor DeMond Holt, thanks for being with us this morning, and uh, good, good to hear you. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this morning. Absolutely. So, Pastor, uh, the real quick intro, you're a pastor of a church here in Tucson. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, real quick about your work, and uh, then we'll dig in. Uh, Yeah, so I'm the uh, senior pastor of the Pilgrim Rest Missionary Baptist Church here in the city of uh, Tucson, on the south side of of Tucson. And um, I'm also, in in regards to my professional work, um, I am a... uh, a traumatologist and a trauma crisis specialist, mental health and behavior expert. Um, and so my uh, master's work is in mental health and counseling, 
um, and my PhD is in psychology and my postdoctoral work is in the science of trauma and studying trauma and PTSD and how trauma impacts the whole person. So, so pastor, you're a pastor, reverend, doctor. Uh, what do we call you? <laughs> I get that a lot. So I always say, well, in in the in the church realm or faith community, you can call me pastor. Um, but most definitely in my scholarly work, uh, scientific work, obviously, I want to be called doctor. <laughs> <laughs> if you put in that much work, pastor, you yeah. you you get the doctor title whenever <laughs> yeah. and however you like it. So we know you're a pastor. I'm going to call you Doctor Holt the rest of the. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you know what you're doing on this topic. Uh, yeah. We've got a few minutes before we go to our first break. Uh, Dr. Damon Holt, uh, give us the quick definition of trauma in the way that you use it. Okay, um, that's a very good question. I get that a lot. So um, from, from, from my lens of trauma, psychological trauma, um, trauma is two things. Trauma, number one, is... A, an emotional and mental wound to the brain and this is when life devastating and life threatening situations transpire to a person and so it doesn't just affect the brain it do two things it can impact the brain and rewire the brain and so this is what trauma is it's a psychological and emotional wound to the brain when bad things happens to you number two uh, trauma, as we defined it, is also an overwhelming chronic stress that is so overwhelming that uh, it, it triggers you to get dysregulated and it is so overwhelming for you to, uh, to deal with. And those also can be signs that's consistent with post-traumatic stress disorder known as PTSD. Uh, Dr. Holt, uh, I, I, that picture of a wound uh, is really in my head. Uh, let's do this. We've got about three minutes before we go to break, and sure. we'll keep we'll keep diving in. But uh, how have you seen trauma uh, in society in our community in the wake of COVID? What are the new uh, mental wounds uh, that have happened uh, over the last couple of years through COVID? Um, well, I think what COVID did is exacerbate pre-existing conditions um, that was pre-COVID. Um, for example, um, when I look at trauma, there's so many different variations of it from acute trauma, which is a one-time event that has long-time consequences or ramifications. Um, then chronic trauma is more the ongoing type of trauma like poverty. Uh, so a lot of times when we're dealing with chronic traumas or abuse that would be that would come under that situation complex trauma is a plethora of many traumas that an individual goes through at the same time for example that they may be in poverty number two they may be living in a community full of violence they may live in a home with domestic violence and they may, may be suffering social economically so that would be a very complex thing and if a, and on top of a loved one passing away they're suffering from grief so that would be complex trauma all these things have been going on for many uh, for for a long time pre-COVID. Now what COVID did was just exacerbate a lot of the preconditions that I just named. And so some of the things we're seeing is um, in the March of 20, because the release of COVID was like January, February of 2020. So by March, we began to see mental health began to increase. Um, depression began to increase. Uh, anxiety begins to triple. And we saw suicidality between 18 to 24 years old um, began to ex um, 
to drastically increase as well. And we also saw the use of uh, substance abuse and addictions began to increase. And right now with uh, with opioids and fentanyl and all of these other things that people are using to cope, which are also using very dangerous drugs, drugs is also creating a, a triple um, a triple mm. threat to the individual. I feel like I know the answer to this question, Dr. Holt. Uh, we're probably not talking about this enough in enough places, are we? No, um, because of the fact that uh, we still have a stigma on mental health. Um, a lot of people don't like to think about needing a therapist and needing a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counselor. Um, and when we think of mental health, the stigma is I'm insane, I'm in crazy. People think about crisis centers. They think about uh, different uh, psychiatric wards or straight jackets, the real extremes when we talk about mental health and mental illness. And that's not the case. If you are having, if you go to the dentist to work on your teeth and you go to a cardiologist to work on your heart and you go to a neurologist to work on your brain, surely you should not uh, feel ashamed or embarrassed to get a therapist to work on your mind. We're with Dr. Damon Holt, a pastor of a local church here uh, in Tucson, but a specialist in trauma and managing trauma uh, in treating trauma and understanding trauma. Uh, I think there is going to be uh, and there is a pandemic of mental health, um, of, you know, su suicide, uh, of trauma coming out of COVID, things that existed before, but COVID was kind of the gas on the fire so exactly. to speak and i think you know even as we continue to debate the public health measures i think the societal impacts of the last two years are going to be felt for a long time and uh, sure a lot of that's going to be 2020 vision or hindsight rather um but but i think it's something we need to be talking about and i appreciate pastor jeff bringing this conversation to the table and Dr. Damon Holt being with us. We have one more segment with Dr. Damon Holt here after uh, our first break of this hour. A short break, we'll be right back. We'll continue this discussion. And this is something that we'll be doing a little bit more even through the month of February. So stay tuned. We're, we're trying to cover the issues and talk about it in a way that leaves you feeling smarter on the other side. That's the goal. We'll be right back. Tipping returns on AM 1030 KVY The Voice. news at the top and bottom of every hour 1030 the voice trusted local news and talk in 1994 the university of arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern pima county and transforming it into a university research park with over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. 
In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. This is Kate Delaney. Tune in later tonight as we talk about everything that happened throughout your day. Tonight at 10 on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona here out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser in studio with us is Pastor Jeff Loxton of Hope City Church, our faith and culture contributor. We look at the intersection of faith and culture, faith and community, the church and community. And uh, for the next few weeks, we're having a conversation along with Dr. Damont Holt, also a pastor in this community, but an expert on trauma and psychology. And we're talking about the impacts of COVID on certain kinds of trauma and we dug into that a little bit in the first segment, trauma in the wake of COVID. Uh, Dr. Damon Holt, we have uh, about nine or 10 minutes and there's a lot that I still wanna get through. So let's jump sure. uh, right back in. Uh, you know, I think the question that, that Pastor Jeff and I are asking is, okay, we now understand the suicide rates are going up, the mental health is is becoming a, and has been a crisis for a long time because of COVID and, and measures surrounding COVID. How do business leaders, church leaders, political leaders, how should our community start to address this pandemic? Because it's a separate one, it's related, but it's separate. Um, I would say that, um that again, coming back to mental health. Um, and I think that we need to shift the narrative from mental health to more mental wellness. I think uh, we mm-hmm. need to have a more proactive strategy in regards to making sure that our employees and our administrators, our leaders, um, are that they are practicing self-care, that they are taking care of themselves, and that we are focusing on mental and emotional wellness and social-emotional uh, 
spaces uh, is very important um, in the workforce. Right now, one another thing about trauma, there's a, there's a terminology called STS. It stands for secondary traumatic stress, and this is secondary trauma. So uh, when we are working with people, working in spaces where there's already pre-existing traumas, if we don't take care of ourselves and if we don't know how to manage our own personal traumas on top of professional traumas, then we become victims of secondary trauma. And this is where we began to see burnout among staff and burnout among leadership. Um, one of the great symptoms of STS right now is the thing that we're calling the great resignation. Um, mm. That's not just happening just to be happening, ladies and gentlemen, um, because of COVID and because of pre-existing traumas that were out there that was unaddressed. It is creating compassion fatigue, it's creating a lack of empathy, it's creating a lack mm -hmm. of burnout, and I will also say moral injury as well. Um, so uh, many people are walking away. Many people are saying the, the best alternative for me to practice my own self-care and to have a sense of mental and emotional wellness is to 100% walk away and do something different. Hmm. Dr. Damon Holt, this is a little off script, but if can you real quick address, we talked about, uh, you shared a statistic, 18 to 24 year olds are seeing an increase in mental health yes. uh, challenges and in suicide rates. Tell me about the middle school, high school uh, group who have um, had to manage school and life and society through all this. What, what, have, what has been the impact of COVID on them that you're seeing? Oh, you asked a great question. I just did a, uh, a, a focus group and a survey with some students at Tucson High and Tucson Unified School District. Um, and I did a survey for each grade, 9th, 10th, and 11th, and 12th. Um, and ask variations of questions of how did COVID uh, impact them and, and what did they need from their school. Um, and it was remarkable, some of the answers, but a lot of them had the same common denominators is that number one, um, students felt that the school faculty um, assumed that because they re-entered the school population that mentally, emotionally, that they were ready. And so a lot of the students from all grades said, we are not ready. Even though I'm in the classroom, my mind is not in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, and that is exactly so because um, the neurobiological effect of trauma is when I feel like I'm not safe or my life is in jeopardy um, or there is harm or reason of uh, the reason to be on high alert because of danger, um, the brain um, shifts um, from a place of processing information and that's going to be key for academics and so the limbic system of the brain which is the survival mode of the brain puts an individual into fight or flight when those things are taking place um, the 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 prefrontal cortex goes offline. And so there is no executive functioning. There's very compromised of cognitive capacities where you can learn um, because you are in these situations. So this is the reason, big reason why we see a plummet of academics is the reason why we see a plummet in behaviors and we're seeing more dysregulated students like never before um, is because of that. Another thing that we need to assess is that trauma now in the school is not just a student thing. One of the things I'm concerning, it, I consider 
teacher is the whole school community. I have to now ask those questions. Um, how is the teacher? Is the teacher going through some mental and emotional stress? What about the social worker and the and the counselors? Um, we don't even ask the questions of principals who's who's stressed and works 60 and 70 hours um, a week. Are you okay? And when the last time we've asked our superintendent? Because just in Texas alone, Texas lost nine superintendents through the great resignation because of stress. So these are the things we're going to have to be looking at. And I think the new way of looking at trauma is we're going to have to create healing spaces and learning centers. And we've been separating it for a long time. But I think the, the schools of tomorrow, we're going to have to learn how to integrate it. We're with Dr. Demond Holt, uh, an expert in trauma. We're talking about trauma on the other side of the last two years of COVID. I want to pull Pastor Jeff in on this before we leave in about three minutes. But real fast, Dr. Holt, yes. uh, uh, share with our audience real fast uh, your work and where people can go to reach out to you on this specific topic. And you work with groups on this too. So, Oh, yes. Um, um, you can reach me at my uh, website at the trauma, the trauma Center of Hope. Uh, com. That's our website where you can go and follow me. Um, I'm also on um, on Facebook, you know, so uh, get your mind right. It's, so I got different sites out there that you can reach me. And then you can reach me by phone, um, area code 520-595-8885. You can call me direct um, if you need any help or need a referral or if you need me to come and speak and, and all of that. Um, I'm here for you. My job is to help people heal, not just heal through preaching of the gospel, but to help people heal through science. You are a gift to this community, Dr. Demon Holt. Thanks for being with us. Next week, we'll talk specifically about helping kids through the trauma of COVID. It's been a whole show on that. This was our table setting episode. Uh, but then on the 23rd, we'll talk about human trafficking in Tucson and the trauma of that individually and as a community. Pastor Jeff Loxton has brought this conversation together. We'll close with you. Uh, you are a pastor of a church on the 22nd Street Corridor, Hope City Church. How does the church step into this and how are you seeing that in this community? Yeah, um, Dr. Holt touched on the idea of self-care. I think it begins with not just our, our faith community leaders, but our business leaders, uh, parents, uh, people on the home front. What is what does that self-care look like? How do we facilitate that in the community? Um, Dr. Holt also touched on the fact that we need to make those conversations uh, more commonplace. You know, mental health shouldn't be, or mental wellness. I appreciate that language and that shift in thinking from mental health to mental wellness uh, becoming uh, more common in our language, in our interactions, and uh, sharing in those moments where we're struggling as leaders and helping people see that uh, no one is above uh, this and that uh, we're working through it together. So I know I personally have benefited from those settings where I've been able to talk to Dr. Holt and others um, who are who are working through this, and I, I look forward to seeing what these next few weeks are going to bring as well. Uh, I think this has been a great conversation, and uh, I'm glad that we're covering this. I think it's important, and appreciate yours and uh, Dr. Holt's uh, expertise on this. We'll see you both next week, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Dr. Awesome. Holt. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Dr. Holt. When we come back after a short bottom of the hour uh, news and uh, messages from our sponsors, we're going to sit down with Supervisor Steve Christie. 
He's on the Pima County Board of Supervisors uh, representing District 4. Uh, as a Republican, we'll talk about his view on certain issues in the community. I'm sure COVID, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, will come up as it uh, remains in our community. We'll be back after this on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. Tipping Point returns. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Life isn't about money, but how you handle money impacts everything. The Ramsey Show, today at 1 on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI The Voice. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown here, downtown Tucson, late uh, year, yes, uh, last year, October 20th, a few doors down from the Rialto Theater. Little Love Burger serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger for their most up-to-date hours, and those hours do expand as they continue to be more and more successful. Uh, I've had m- so many listeners uh, say that I went there because I heard about them on your show and they've gotten the Yenser Rogers rate. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you, uh, thank you, Matt Neely, for that one. If you go in and mention that you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser, they'll give you a 15% discount, one five off your next meal. So it's a win-win-win. You get to support great men and women running a business in Tucson, a great uh, company with great food, and you get a discount off of your next meal. So what is not to love 
at Little Love Burger. We love uh, supporting them in their launch. Uh, we just said goodbye to pastors Jeff Loxton and uh, Damond Holt. Uh, Dr. Holt is also a specialist in trauma. We're doing a three-part series this month on trauma in the wake of COVID. Uh, I think it is a pandemic of its own. Uh, there were some things before COVID that COVID really put gas on the fire of, and we're diving into that from an individual and community level. That was our top of the hour conversation. But now we're live in studio with Supervisor Steve Christie, District 4 good, representative. Good morning, Zach. Thanks for having me Good again. to be with you as always. You bet. So we should probably do this because I didn't have the map right in my head. I have a vague idea of the area you represent. But give our listeners the map of, of who, where you're at, and uh, many of our listeners are in your district, so where are you? Well, I think we've got not only the, the best but the most beautiful district in Pima County. It's absolutely growing the, since the last uh, census. There was 20,000 more uh, residents moved into our district, and it starts um, really at the uh, Rito River, the south side, and then heads east of the, uh, al- along the Catalina Ridge Line, and then up the Catalinas to Summer, Summer Haven and uh, uh, Mount all of Mount Lemon and the Catalinas that that heads down the slope to the Tanca Verde Valley, uh, heads further east and south through all of Vale to the Santa to the uh, Cochise County border, and then continues south after taking a good chunk of Metro East Side Metro Tucson. Uh, and a little swath of Sawadita, which has three supervisors in that in that community. But uh, then it continues south, encompassing all of Green Valley, and then south of Green Valley to the Santa Cruz border. So it's a good chunk of Pima County. It's it's bustling. It's growing. It's uh, I would say probably the not only the most uh, beautiful as far as quality of life, but beautiful as far as natural natural beauty. Uh, and it's, it is a big, but it's a beautiful and wonderful, growing, vibrant district. Yeah, and Pima County is one of the largest districts in the country. I think we forget that in terms of geographic size. Yeah. Um, it's it's up 9,200 square miles. I think Something that's like right. That. Yeah, uh, but you are you represent a lot of unincorporated. You represent some incorporated cities and towns, but you personally are a city of Tucson resident. Yes, I live uh, in the city, and uh, normally, uh, well, normally, but most of my life, uh, I was in the county, and then uh, uh, we downsized, like so many folks my age, when the kids move out, and and we found a terrific place uh, in the Fort Lowell neighborhood area. And uh, it's it's just a great community there as well. So, yes, I'm a city resident. I learned so many things in the two minutes we sat down here <laughs> together uh, before before our conversation started. So, But I guess that's a accidentally great segue to the first thing I wanted to talk with you about. You submitted an, an op-ed, so I think it was the Tucson Sentinel, uh, a few weeks ago. Well, it was Tucson Sentinel, the Green Valley News, and okay. the Arizona Daily Star. So we, oh, wow. we made the rounds. You yeah. got some coverage there. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the topic of the Regional Transportation Authority, uh, which is managed by the Pima Association of Governments. Uh, The city of Tucson at that time uh, was saying, look, we have a deadline, February 1st. We want weighted voting, and we want a better understanding of how we're going to pay for the remaining projects that we have left in this current RTA. You got to give us those things, um, or we're out by February 1st. Uh, You wrote a piece that basically said, walk. Uh, fine. Let, let's, let, let the city of Tucson do what it's going to do. Since that op-ed came out, 
Uh, we've had General Maxwell on the show since then as well. I think he masterfully understood what was at the heart of the issue and figured out a compromise that kept everybody uh, a part of the Regional Transportation Authority by creating uh, a little bit more inclusivity within some of the key committees that manage what happens out of the RTA uh, anyway. And the city of Tucson, as it stands now, is going to continue in the RTA and is going to continue to be a partner for RTA Next. As you've watched this unfold, and I'm sorry, that was a lot of context, but things move fast. Uh, are you happy with what happened? Well, certainly to keep everybody together at the table, I, I am happy because I think the overall success depends on that. Um, but I also think that, to their credit, the mayor and council realized they were losing uh, the war of public opinion, uh, or I should say regional opinion, uh, for the positions they were taking, for the threats they were making, for the sand lines in the sand that they were drawing. Uh, and I, I think that uh, that pressure was mounting, perhaps from my op-ed and others as well, that realized that their position was uh, not a tenable one and certainly not a collaborative one. And, and going against a, a, a multi-decade history of uh, success in infrastructure and road improvements that the city of Tucson was the, the primary beneficiary of. So I think this pressure was mounting on the mayor and council to tone down their rhetoric, stop the threats, stop the bullying, come to the table. And General Maxwell uh, did, uh, to his credit, find some uh, areas that uh, gave the city of Tucson an opportunity to, I believe, save face and to uh, rectify their past positions and to show some effort on their part to be willing to work with the RTA. Uh, if you look at the items that, that uh, 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 General Maxwell was able to provide, you know, they're, they're, they're significant to a point, but they aren't earth-shattering. Uh, they, they certainly uh, address certain areas, but it doesn't completely remake the whole board or, or provide uh, any kind of uh, real leverage on the city of Tucson. And I think the city of Tucson and the mayor said, great, they're throwing us some bones. Let's grab them and run with them so we can, can put our positions of such a bellicose nature behind us and uh, show the community, show the region that, uh, yes, these are great uh, concessions that you've made for us, give us some sort of uh, saving of face, and we're here at the bargaining table, and yes, we'll take these concessions and we'll work with you. But if you read into the statements uh, by the mayor in particular, uh, it doesn't take uh, you know any kind of um, tea-leave reader or uh, clairvoyant to, to read through those statements to see that uh, they are going to be coming up, I'm certain, in, in the not-too-distant future with some more demands that could take us right back to where we were, particularly when the mayor says, we still have a lot of work to do, there's still a lot of issues unresolved, uh, we want to have further discussions on many of these things. So uh, I would say stay tuned. There's probably going to be more melodrama more uh, elbow uh, shoving uh, uh, on many different fronts. So this, I think, was a good start to get them back to the table. They, they took advantage of the opportunity that was given them, and uh, we'll see how it proceeds from this point. Related to that, and 
I'd love to get your thoughts as someone who looks at things from a regional standpoint on the Pima County Board of Supervisors, but part of your district is in the city of Tucson. You're a resident of the city of Tucson. I was also the chairman of the RTA. I also was on the State Transportation Board. I also served on the Pima Association of Governments, and I was on the original Citizens Advisory Committee back in 2005. So this whole process of road improvements, infrastructure, and transportation, not only being in the transportation business all my life, Mm. these elements are very near and dear to my heart, and they're justified by the success of the projects that the RTA has provided for our region in general and in the city of Tucson in particular. Which is a great lead-in to the other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, and it relates to the RTA in a very real way. Uh, The city of Tucson is going to ask voters in May to vote for an extension of what was the old Prop 101, which is just finishing its five-year term. It'll be on the ballot as Prop 411, and they're basically saying uh, we want to extend the half-cent sales tax for 10 years. If we can do that, we'll touch every single neighborhood road in the city in 10 years, 83% of which are in poor, failing condition. I have been a promoter on this show. We need to home-grow dollars and quickly and as much as we can to solve problems. It's why I'm a proponent of the RTA. I'm personally advocating for Prop 411 because I think uh, that there has been such a hole dug that there's no way to get out of it. No matter still digging. how much economic growth happens. Um, I think roads are a reflection of our community. 411, good idea for well, RTA, for Tucson, for... No, it's not. And uh, the, if you go back to the original uh, tax increase that was in- installed five years ago, um, we uh, were told that it was going to be temporary and that some 70 or 80 percent of it was going to go for roads, the rest for public safety and parks. I've lived where I live for five years right next to Fort Lowell Park, a city park, and not one thing has improved in that park in the five years since that tax went in and since I've lived there. So I have very grave doubts of the ability uh, for the city of Tucson to be able to uh, program a, a system that is going to address the areas that they say they're going to address. They also were very hypercritical of the RTA for not factoring in inflation costs in their estimates and um, uh, the, the cost of, um, of materials and uh, uh, um, other areas that, that, that are involved in road projects. Well, they're projecting, I think it was $750 million over to this time period. Now it's an extension of the, of the quote-unquote temporary tax that started five years ago. They're not taking inflation into it, and they're not taking uh, in, in, into the same things that they were criticized, criticizing the RTA to. So um, I, I certainly feel that uh, uh, the one question, going back to Reagan and Carter, is were are we better off five that, today than we were five years ago when this tax was first instituted as a quote-unquote temporary tax? I would argue and I think uh, justifiably that we are not in in better shape today than we were five years ago. So another tax with a longer extension, I don't have much much positive thinking thinking about that. Yeah, my thought in that question being to Supervisor Steve Christie that uh, Pima County has a pay-go 
uh, program for local roads and unincorporated Pima County, but the municipalities are still responsible for keeping uh, keeping their roads their roads up. And so I wanted to ask you about that. We're a little bit over time for our first break. We're going to go there now. On our way back, uh, we'll talk about a few more county issues. We have Supervisor Steve Christie with us, a Republican representing District 4 on the Pima County Board of Supervisors, the only Republican on the Board of Supervisors and the Tucson City Council combined. So we like to hear uh, what he has to say on a regular basis. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. National politics, the issues that matter to you. 1030 The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Impact of Southern Arizona serves 52 zip codes in Pima and Pinal counties and reinvests $2.5 million a year into the community. Join us for our Impact Expo on Tuesday, March 2nd at the Tucson Chinese Cultural Center, where we'll be bringing a national speaker along with local partners and the community together to talk about how we can help people move from just getting by in a getting ahead world to improving their life in our region. Go to impactsoaz.org for more information and to support Impact of Southern Arizona in improving lives and inspiring futures. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey guys, and yeah, I mean guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I'm hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I don't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. If you're ready for a three-month journey to help better your health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster, former Arizona Health Director Will Humble during the noon hour on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back.
back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona here uh, out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Uh, we have Steve Christie in studio with us. Uh, he is the Republican representative of District 4 on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. Uh, Supervisor Christie, there was a lot that I wanted to get to, but we actually have a couple of questions around transportation. We have a caller on the line. Do you mind if we take it? Sure. Stay on this topic? Mm-hmm. There's so much to talk about, but let's do it. We have Rick on the line. Rick, thanks for holding your on uh, live here with Supervisor Steve Christie. Go ahead. Gentlemen, how are you? Can you hear me? We can. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Um, to Steve's point about the uh, city sales tax, and also I have a concern with the RTA scenario. Both entities uh, did not take enough into account when they made their plans five years, ten years for inflation, cost of materials and I think the city's made a big mistake by trying to do this a ten year plan they have a hard time doing things ten minutes in advance, let alone ten years and I really am concerned that this is going to fail drastically Uh, even though we need the money, we need the roads repaired in the city, I just don't think it's well thought out and I don't think what they're talking about is going to work. That's my comment. Rick, I appreciate it. And I don't know how regularly you listen, but I've shared similar concerns. As a big idea, uh, I'm in favor of Prop 411. Um, I would have done things, I'd have done two things differently. Number one, I think the process with the RTA has backfooted the process of getting this out to the public. I am worried that a 10 year ask, we don't have enough time. And not enough people know about it. So uh, this should have started months ago. I'm worried about that. I'd have done five years. I get the 10-year thing because 10 years allows uh, for council to say to the voters, well, we can touch every single theoretically neighborhood road in 10 years. I would have done five to better pair it with uh, the RTA renewal, which is why the first Prop 101 was supposed to sunset after five years was to uh, uh, collaborate with the RTA in a little bit of an easier way for the Tucson voters. Uh, Those would have been my two adjustments. I I love the call. Supervisor Christie, your thoughts. Who knows what RTA 2 is going to look like, RTA next. And these uh, elements that the RTA continuing on and being renewed could incorporate a lot of the issues and needs of the city of Tucson within that plan. Who knows? It could go to uh, maintenance. It could go to roadway improvements without expanding those roadways. There's a whole plethora of opportunities that the city of Tucson could take advantage of if they just joined uh, fully and in shoulder-to-shoulder with the RTA to express their needs and to see what the RTA as a region can provide for the city of Tucson as one of its own members. So uh, I think the city of Tucson is cutting its nose off despite its face. They're trying to uh, go the, the Lone Ranger type of, uh, of way on this, and I think they're missing out on an opportunity to use the entire regional resources to better the roads and infrastructure of the city of Tucson. Plus, they, as I've said earlier, have been the recipients of huge amounts of improvements. You take the modern streetcar, uh, the Grant Road, Broadway, uh, Tanca Verde, Houghton Road, uh, Valencia Road, Colb Road, all of those corridors and thoroughfares have been improved drastically to the benefit of Tucson through the RTA. There's opportunity for that to happen again with RTA next and Tucson needs to, City of Tucson needs to realize that rather than fighting the RTA, 
looking together to find reasons that could help uh, uh, make make the problems of, of the roads and infrastructure in the city uh, better and to basically those problems to go away. You know, I, th I think I agree again with General Maxwell at that RTA meeting. You know, I think the approach should be Pima County is estimated to grow 30 to 50 percent by 2055. I think we need the RTA to have as local control as we can around what does our infrastructure need to look like. The RTA is for those big projects, but no one faults Marana supervisor for doing temporary sales tax increases for infrastructure. No one should fault the city of Tucson for saying the RTA isn't designed for maintenance. We're going to go take care of our own streets. The city of Tucson voters have been paying for the RTA and for Prop 101 simultaneously already. I think it's a communication thing. I think it's a regionalism conversation that isn't being had. It's a brand thing, supervisor. Well, they, they've also been paying. You're a car. You're a former car salesman. You got to sell it. <laughs> well, thank you for reminding supervisor me. Supervisor Christie isn't that selling <laughs> 411. I get it. Um, I get it. What I'm uh, <laughs> what I'm concerned about is promises made, promises kept. The RTA has done that. Can the same be said about the city of Tucson with the tax that they installed five years ago? I'd like to see a, a breakdown of where that money went. To, to what projects it went, and to see if the if the uh, residents of Tucson really feel that the improvements have been made that were promised five years ago and that they are, in fact, better off. I don't think that's the case. The uh, tax barely passed last time, and now they've got to defend that tax and extend it another uh, 10 years. Uh, I think the city of Tucson is going to have to do a lot of PR. You talk about selling. Uh, they're going to need uh, all of their all their selling capabilities, and I think it's going to be a tough fight. TucsonDelivers.TucsonAZ.gov. Over the next few months, I'd love to have a live, ongoing conversation with listeners. Look at that. It's a it's a it's a breakdown of where the dollars went, and I want to hear from listeners. Do you like what you see? But you can see it. There's a database. TucsonDelivers.TucsonAZ.gov. Uh, we have three or four minutes, Supervisor Christie. Should the Board of Supervisors extend the mask mandate in Pima County? Absolutely not. I, it's it's just to me ludicrous to continue doing something that a does not work. It has not helped uh, the the variance uh, uh, transmission. Uh, nobody's paying attention to it anyway. It's it's basically illegal in the sense that it cannot be enforced. Um, it, it just is at this point where I think uh, the Pima County Health Department and certain colleagues on the board uh, of mine on the board, as well as the county administration, they're grasping for straws to try to salvage something that has failed and is failing, and that has been the face mask mandate. It has caused more problems than the variant itself to our community, to our children, to our businesses in particular, and now with with really questionable science or questionable numbers. Uh, they're trying to uh, make it seem like this mask issue is the most important thing that we can do and the science is settled on that and we need to extend it for another month and to me it's just a, an absolute ridiculous effort uh, that's being made and it should be stopped. Unfortunately I'm only one vote. I'm going to vote against it just like I have on every other one in the past but uh, there are uh, strong uh, pro-mask elements um, for whatever reason on the Board of Supervisors and in the County Administration and they just are looking forward to extending it at least another month and they probably will. Uh, Supervisor Steve Christie, do you like being a supervisor? 
I don't know if I've told you this uh, before, but uh, okay. yes, I love being a supervisor, Zach, and thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I have to check in yes. uh, every time uh, because there's some humility. Well, either you check in or I'll just tell you. <laughs> Right. Supervisor, I could do another hour with you, but if I had to, uh, if I did, I'd have to interrupt you. So let's leave it there. You might ruin your career, we, career uh, <laughs> if you did. <laughs> but we'll have you on next month. I'll be so, here. So uh, we, we have a supervisor on monthly, and that's on purpose. Thanks for being here. And Thanks we'll for having me. Always a pleasure. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have the new CEO of the Tucson Metro Chamber of Commerce. Michael Guyman will be with us. And then Devin Underwood and I will talk with a new company that moved to Tucson recently. We'll talk to PackDash. They moved last summer. We'll talk about why and their experience. It's a good show. I'm looking forward to it. That's tomorrow, Thursday, 9 a.m. here on Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. Hugh Hewitt is up next. Bill Buckmaster after that at noon. And we'll be back Tucson tomorrow at 9. Take care. Thanks for listening. See you then. Thank you.